It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated, an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Schapp. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Schapp. We're going to get right to it today. I've got a great guest lined up for you, Bruce Baxley, the head golf professional at Searcy Country Club in Central Arkansas. He is coming up in a matter of moments. How about Justin Rose winning the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am over the weekend? It took a little extra time. They had to finish on Monday because of the weather issues they had over the weekend. Justin Rose finishes with a final round six under par. He was minus 18 for the tournament, and he is the first European to win the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. Find them on the web, bphotels.com. If you need a place to stay, make sure you're staying at a Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel property. We're back after this. Stay with us. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. The economy is changing slowly but surely. The market is slowing down in a gradual slide. Not an emergency yet. The sky is not falling, but a change is coming. When times are good, auctions make buyers compete to buy at the highest market value. When the economy gets tough, auctions force buyers to make a purchase decision. Either way, auctions get the highest return for a seller and a strong deal for a buyer. With an experienced auction company, it's a simple process. Go to BlackmanAuctions.com for more information. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Strength is measured not by the number of accounts. Strength is placing value on relationships. It's having the vision and the guts to invest in growth. It's the commitment to responsibly manage your money. At Stevens, we believe that our strengths build success, not only for us, but for our clients. Stevens, member NYSE, SIPC. Heading to El Dorado to check out some live music or to play Mystic Creek? Stay at the Haywood, the only boutique hotel in the middle of downtown and the Murphy Arts District. If you are spending a weekend in Hot Springs, make plans now at the Marriott Courtyard close to Lake Hamilton and Oakwan. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group manages both of these fine properties and you will rest easy knowing that your every need is taken care of. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels on the web at bphotels.com. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. Well, he might not have known what he wanted to do when he was a little kid, but once he put a golf club in his hand, he knew what he wanted to do. On the tee, head PGA golf professional at Searcy Country Club, Bruce Baxley. Bruce, thanks for joining me on From the Short Grass. This might be an easy question, might not be. Do you remember the first time you ever picked up a golf club? Actually, I do remember the first time I picked up a golf club. Um... I was at my grandparents' house, and we actually, uh, I got a set of clubs. I don't remember exactly how old it was, but I remember 10 or 11, something of that nature. And my grandparents lived by University Mall, and it was snowing that day. We walked all the way over to War Memorial 
and hit a few balls over there in the snow. In the snow. In the snow. You didn't go sledding down the hills over there like mm, that would be the old number five that you could go down the hill and sled on it. And then you get to the other side close to the stadium and 16 that was over there, the old 16. I mean, they've redone that course so many times, but you went to play golf instead of sled. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to hit those clubs. <laughs> what was that like? I just remember just, you know, being really cold, but um, just wanted to, to try those clubs out. And then you grew up in Conway, but didn't pick up the game of golf until well beyond high school or at least a little bit beyond high school? Yeah, so um, maybe senior year of high school we played a little bit. Um, you know, I started kind of playing a little bit at Burns Park. We would drive up to Clinton um, and play a little bit up there. But my parents moved out to Persimmon Ridge Golf Course in Greenbrier after I graduated from, from Conway. And, um, you know, I was good friends with Bryce Moldering High School. And he gave not, me not a bad player in his No, in not his a bad player right. at all. And uh, he gave me, a, you know, just a box full of Pro V1s of his old balls. He told me to learn the short game first, and I took that to heart. And uh, I knew that if he was saying that, I needed to learn it that way. So what did you first work on in your short game? Um, putting. I mean, I just wanted to um, – be as good as I could with putting. Um, I've always kind of been like an artist form of putting to where that you can see the the line, kind of like at the old Tiger Woods games where you could see the line and, and uh, work on speed and distance control. So that you can see that art form of making those longer, harder putts. Um, also, um, my parents, we had three acres, and I had an old baseball net. Mm. And I got out about 60 yards with those balls that Bryce gave me. And I would try to hit the wedges on top of the baseball net to get them to stop. So I'd stand out there for hours just trying to do that because yeah. I couldn't go to the golf course every day. Right. So that's kind of how I learned. So what was your relationship with Bryce Mulder like? I mean, we we're friends. We were just, uh, you know, we went to church together and uh, just good friends in high school. Nothing about golf. And I knew he was a good player, but I had no clue how good of a player he was. I was going to say, so you knew he was a good player, but did you know that he was getting a full ride to Georgia Tech <laughs> and then – that this guy might potentially be a star, and he ended up winning on the PGA Tour. Um, no, because Bryce was very humble. He was um, he was an awesome dude, um, stand up guy, um, and never flaunted anything. And I knew he would go to Chanel to practice on the weekends and things of that nature. But uh, I never, I played. I think I played twice with him at Conway Country Club. Um, let's see, number seven is at the par three by the road, mm, kind of back I believe up. So, so he hit a ball, the back pin. He flew it over the green, hit the cart path, and it went up on top of that hill. So to a back pin, he walks up there on top of the hill, hits a flop shot to a foot on the back pin. Made par. Made par. Easy par. Yeah, ho hum. <laughs> um, he's also played with President Clinton. Yes. Before. Did you hear that story? No. It's my understanding that uh, back when Chanel first opened, that President Clinton came into town and Bryce Mulder got to play with him. Bryce Mulder shot a 60. <laughs> doesn't surprise me that's the story i have not got that confirmed i'm working to get that confirmed and hopefully in a couple of weeks we will have that confirmed because bryce Mulder will be on from the short grass pretty soon back to bruce baxley you're the head golf professional at cersei country club right now but you did play college golf after not really picking up the game until you were in high school yeah so um, after my parents moved out to Greenbrier, I didn't know a whole lot of people out there. So, and of course, I started loving the game. I would get up eight o'clock in the morning, and we'd play all day long, fifty-four holes a day. 
sometimes, you know, uh, I'd pick the range for them at night, and that's kind of how I had a little summer job to keep my parents off my back and uh, just learn how to play really well. Um, so when I went to college at UCA, um, the first year that I went to college, they had canceled the golf team. But at that time, I had no interest because I wasn't any, any good. Right. Um, the second year that I was in college, uh, I started playing some ASGA tournaments. First tournament I played in was the Maumelle Classic. Played pretty well the first two rounds. I shot 73-72. And on the news that night, Steve Sullivan said that there was three players in the top ten that were from Arkansas. It was a big, big tournament back then. People from all over the it was nation huge. would come play. And it was played back in May yes. back then as opposed to middle, end of July right now. Correct. Um, so three three people in the top ten had pretty good company with Stan Lee and Craig Lyle. Craig ended up playing Played at Arkansas at the time, but ended up playing on the PGA Tour. Um, that was the very first tournament I played in individual in my life. And Stan Lee was a former tour player. Yes. <laughs> who's now uh, won a senior amateur, a USGA senior amateur, and multiple players of the year in the state of Arkansas. What When you saw that on the news, what went through your head? Actually, I'd, I'd, it's one of those things where you don't know how good you're playing. Um, all I was trying to figure out was how to shave a few more shots off there to figure out how to win um that's how my mind was working at the time which is pretty cool um but i ended up shooting 78 the final round i think fell back a little bit but it was a good start um the next week we went down to hot springs played the lions classic i shot 69 the first round after topping it off the first tee box on the park course wow topping my second shot and then i hit a three wood 250 over the green and got it up and down for par <laughs> on the first hole of the park course yeah that's mm, difficult but that's a good par yeah i will say that it's a very nice score on your first first round down there and then you switch to the arlington side they still did that back then they do it now too correct that was the first time for me to see the arlington so <laughs> um, my brother-in-law played uh, college golf at henderson state so i tried to ask him a few pointers and he told me to keep it below the hole and Obviously, you have to do that there. Yes. Specifically number 12. Specifically number 12. Were you able to do that? Uh, I was not. (laughs) I was not. I know where this is going Mm -hmm. then. And so what did you shoot the second day? I shot 77, uh, which I thought was a pretty good round. Um, Played with a kid named Jay Houck um, that played at Arkansas at that time. He ended up winning the tournament, but very good experience playing in the last group. Did that hook you, the fact that you were that close at Maumelle and then that close down at Hot Springs Country Club that I can tell you're a competitor that, okay, I'm hooked on this now. I want to, I want to continue to, to do this. Yes, absolutely. So um, without my knowledge, my dad found out that they were starting the UCA golf team back up and called uh, Bill Stevens, who was my first coach, um, and uh, got a little scholarship to play so i've ended up playing three years at uca met a lot of cool people um and just the relationships from golf have been just outstanding throughout the years and uh, i don't know where i'd be without the game of golf when did you decide bruce that you wanted to make golf a career if you couldn't make it to the pga tour because i'm sure in in college everybody thought hey i'm playing college golf i'm gonna make money on the pga tour at some point yeah, so I think actually after I was leaving Maumelle, I think I talked to my dad and said, hey, don't ever tell me I can't play, which at that time is, and he never had, but I was like, I wanted to do, I wanted to be around the game. I wanted to do as whatever I could 
to be on the golf course. Um, you know, after three years of college, you see where you are, how you've played, and I knew I wasn't good enough to try to play professionally. So what's the next best thing be able to go to the golf course every day. And so I became an assistant golf pro, uh, worked at Centennial for a year, and then I went to Maumau Country Club for two years and ended up at Searcy in 2005. So I've been there 18 years, March 1st. That course has undergone a lot of changes since then. It sure has. So around 10 years ago, uh, we changed the greens from bent grass to Bermuda grass. And it's the best thing we've ever done. Uh, the golf courses around the, the green surrounds um, used to be bare, rocky. We've grown grass now, um, trimmed up trees. And the, the surface of the greens is absolutely perfect. How's the membership? In Cersei. They're awesome. Uh, I mean, you've got a former governor that plays, I believe, <laughs> almost every day. Uh, Yeah, every day that is above 50. <laughs> every day above and 50 he, and he, ends in Y. Yeah, and he gets uh, he's getting to where he's playing a little bit below 50. So, he, um, But, yes, the membership's awesome. Um, everybody's laid back. It's just a lot of fun to be with them on a daily basis. So. Who are some of the PGA pros that you looked up to? Um maybe before you decided yes this is exactly what i want to do um i don't necessarily know that the pga pros i didn't know a whole lot of them mm-hmm. um but as i got in the business i went to work for Cimarron grub at mama country club and he taught me worth worth work ethic so i owe him a lot for him teaching me that but through that he was very involved with being in the chapter um, and that kind of, I started doing that as well. I've been the president of the Arkansas chapter, uh, been around Barry Howard quite a bit. He's now the, on the board of directors for the PGA of America, which is absolutely awesome. Um, Chris Mays at Pleasant Valley, really respect him and, and uh, how he treats people. Those are two of the, the main ones that I would say, Hey, I really respect. But of course, I love being around all the fellow PGA professionals. We have a great time at the, the cup matches and, and, um, we try to do what we can to grow the game of golf in Arkansas. The cup matches, that's the amateurs in the state of Arkansas against the PGA pros. It's played uh, usually towards the end of October. Do you know what that record is right now, by the way? Trey, man, you had to bring that up, did you? I'm just asking a question. Uh, the pros don't do not do too well, um, but we, we, we compete. We, we try to do our best. Y'all are teachers time. of the game. We are teachers of the game. Uh, we don't get to play all summer long like all the amateurs do. I watch a lot of golf. A lot of people play a lot of golf. I was going to say, when did you first start really dissecting the swing and becoming the teacher that you are? I think it was 2010. Um, Bob Ralston asked me to go play in the senior junior at Fayetteville Country Club. Um, we played 27 holes. He played nine holes, four ball, nine holes, alternate shot, nine holes, scramble. The first... 18 holes was scramble and four ball. And I watched the best ball striker, maybe of all time, hit to play for 27 holes. And I knew my game was nowhere close to that. Um, we ended up winning the tournament by four, I think. We shot four under an alternate shot because he hit every approach. <laughs> and I putted um, at four under with a double on the front wow. at a Fayetteville Country Club. That's pretty strong. It was. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, but seeing how well he hit it, um, I started trying to 
go see him quite a bit, and he taught me a lot about the game. Totally different than how how I'd learned it. So um, from there, it's just curiosity, just trying to learn more and more and more. I bought a TrackMan six, seven years ago now, and the education that I've got from that has been priceless. Um, and it's, it's still to this day, woke up this morning, hey, how can I get better? How can I learn something new? How can I learn, you know, they call it your, your toolbox. How can I put more things in my toolbox to, to help my students? How have the students reacted to what you've been able to bring to them to help them get better? Well, uh, one of my main students is Peyton Will Hoyt, and um, he's playing on the Latin American Tour now. Um, but each and every single year, he gets better, and I have to get better in order to be able to teach him. Um, we have a good relationship to where I'll bring information, and he dissects it and says, this is good for me, this is not good for me. Um, and we have a good understanding of what his golf swing does. So. Um, Right now, we're just he hits it really, really straight. We're trying to work on uh, getting a little bit more compression on his on his ball, so he can play better in the wind. Um, but we got a good start, and he's going back in March, and hopefully, he can win a couple tournaments. How have the tools that you use and players use to try and make their swing better, try and lower their scores? How have they improved since you first got started? When people can see face angle and club path their understanding of what's actually happening changes dramatically. Um, when I grew up, it was, hey, if you're hitting it left, you need to swing more out to the right. you got to get that club path out to the right, which actually makes the discrepancy of the face and path bigger, so you actually hooked it more. So when I went and saw Bob, he's like, swing left, swing left. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but understanding the track, man, it's, it's, it's a diagnostic tool. It's... Uh, basically helps the students understand what's going on with their swings quicker. It's an easy way for me to say, hey, this is actually what's happening, and they believe me other than rather than me just saying it because they can see the numbers. Um, and then you can see improvements from that too. You can say, okay, here was your face-to-path to start with. Here's your face-to-path now. Here was your spin loft before. Here's your spin loft now. And then whenever you're fitting people, it's huge because you can say, hey, here's what you – with your – Angle of attack, your swing speed, here's how far you should be hitting it, here's how far you are hitting it. You know, look at this ping G40, 430 driver, it's going 15 yards further, and your dispersion's a lot better, so um, it's it's been great. Is it good for the game that people can just bomb it away and then go find it and chip it out or whatever to, to get to the green? Or I mean, you look at Cersei Country Club, and you just can't bomb it everywhere there. No, you can't, but uh, you, you've played some golf with me back whenever I was a little bit younger. I could actually hit it pretty far. Um, and at you Country, still can. Well, not, not as far as I used to. But at Cersei Country Club, you could miss it in the other fairway as long as you missed it big. <laughs> True. So then you could just hit it back over the trees. No, I, I think hitting it um, is a skill. Hitting it far is a skill. Hitting it straight is a skill. Uh, chipping and putting, wedging, everything's a skill. I think that the way that the golf industry teaching part is going right now is everybody's trying to find this perfect golf swing. But you look at the PGA Tour, none of the golf swings look the same. Mm-hmm. So where's the perfect golf swing? Um, so I'm trying to figure out how, 
you know, each person's body movements change the way that their swings are. Whether they hold the grip uh, underneath the club or on top, their elbow position needs to be in different places. Um, kind of think of it as if you're right-handed, I'm not going to teach you how to play left-handed. If you're left-handed, I'm not going to teach you how to play right-handed. Um, good thought uh, that that I've um, heard before was Michael Jordan and Dominic Wilkins had one of the best dunk, con- dunk contests of all time. Dominic Wilkins jumped off two legs. Michael Jordan jumped off one leg. So their explosiveness was created differently. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the same way. If you're trying to create explosiveness in a golf swing, some people might do better jumping off their left foot. Some people may be um, more of um, using both feet. Maybe somebody went off the right foot. So I'm just trying to uh, look under every stone in the golf swing um, and try to figure out what I can to maybe hopefully make my players better. But kind of going back to what I was saying is I think that the skill part of learning how to play the game is much more important than the actual aesthetics of the game. You started learning the game with putting and short game. Mm-hmm. Is that where you would have anybody that starts the game now go first before you even get close to a driver? Um, not necessarily. I, I, I think that learning the game from a shorter distance is huge. Um, I've got juniors now where I've got, I have put them in groups of three and I start them at 50 yards. And I say, okay, if you can make a four from 50 yards, I'll move you back to 100. But if you make a five, you stay here. If you make a six, we're going to move even closer. So they may not use a driver there, but then if they make a four from 50, we move them back to 100. If they make a four from 100, we'll move them back to 150. And when they do that, then they're using their driver. But they're understanding the scoring aspect of the game versus, hey, let's bomb a driver, go find it. Can I hit a seven iron in the air? It's it's teaching them actually how to play the game versus um, standing there for an hour and, and trying to teach an eight-year-old eight year exactly how to swing the club. Yeah. They're bored after 15 minutes. Right. I can see that. And I can also see how doing that might even bring a little bit early on of course management into their mindset. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I, I sat there with, with the guys and, and I use it for course management. I use it for the middle part of the game. I'm teaching them how to play the game at a young age versus how, you know, just a normal one-on-one lesson would be. If you think about any other sport, where is it taught? It's taught on the course. It's mm-hmm. taught on the playing field. You teach basketball as a team event. You don't teach them how to shoot. I mean, you did at the start, but you once they expect you to do that on your own. And so now that I'm teaching them this this way, it's been absolutely awesome. And the kids are one; they're having more fun, mm-hmm. which is huge because you got to get them to play. If they're not having fun, they're going to go play another sport. Right. Um, two, they're learning course management. I can stand there and say, okay, well, the pin's on the left side. There's a bunker over on the left. Where are you looking? Well, at the pin. Why? <laughs> Why are you looking at the pin? The PGA Tour players are not looking at the pin. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, hit it over here. Now you can two-putt. Like, oh. Or um, I had one of my juniors, he'd tell me, I'm going to miss this putt. And I said, well, you probably will if you think that way. And so I started using the mindset. I was like, okay. I think you just want to be right, don't you? And he kind of looked at me. He kind of smiled. I said, 
I don't care if you're right or not. I just want you to try. So he gets over the putt, and he's got about a 15-footer to make his four to move back. He rolls it in. So, of course, me being a little crazy little kid, I jump up and down and start saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> but we had a good laugh about it. But yeah. it just made him understand, hey, how should you be thinking while you're playing the game? Because I think the mind is is the biggest thing that that, um, that, that as it play at a high, high level, your mind has to be really, really good. And you have a lot of time to think when you're on a golf course. Where when yeah. you're playing football and basketball and things of that nature, you're reacting quite a bit. So the mind can wander a lot. Yeah, the the golf swing takes maybe what three to four seconds to make, less than that. But then you have a lot of time, especially if you're walking, getting to the next shot. And sometimes you have to forget that last shot so quickly because it was an awful shot, and you're just but it'll linger in your head the quicker you can forget about it i've always learned is the better the next shot's going to be absolutely totally totally right so right now I'm, I'm a flow code golf master coach i'm actually going to talk with harding golf team this afternoon about that and i've got some questions from them and one of them was how do you bounce back after a bogey how do you get rid of negative thoughts how do you get rid of fear um and i'm learning about that uh, i think that you got to calm the mind down the best you can, and it's not just can't just happen quickly. I think that there's ways to train uh, your mind, and um, with the flow code stuff, they've got meditations, they've got um, theta waves, they've got all this stuff that is kind of like you train your body. Mm-hmm. You can train your mind when doing this, and I think it's absolutely phenomenal, and um, I'm excited to be a part of that. Can that be found online? Yes, um, I, I would go to Instagram. The easiest way to find them, um, the Floco Golf. Um, Rick Sessinghouse, who is Colin Morcala's coach, um, is actually the, the founder of this. Um, and he's been going around the nation, and it's just absolutely awesome. Best golf course Bruce Baxley's ever played? Um, Pine Valley. Wow. Yes. So I started in 2005 at Searcy Country Club. Um, my good friend in college played college golf with Nick Simcoe. He called me, I can't remember if it was 2005 or 2006, but he called me and said, hey, can you get off May 5th and 6th? I said, no. He said, okay, I was just going to see if you want to go play Pine Valley. And I was like, well, a golf professional really can't get off on Friday and Saturday. But when he said Pine Valley, I hung up the phone. I said, give me 10 minutes. And I called every board member and said, hey, can I go play? And they said, why are you even calling us? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's a good board you're working for there. Absolutely. When they're asking you, why are you calling us? If you can go play one of the best places on the planet, are you kidding me? Yeah. So we got to go. We played Friday afternoon and Saturday morning and came on home. It was awesome. Must've been nice. What'd you shoot? I shot 75 the first round and 77 the second round. Okay. But I did birdie number one, which is one of the hardest golf courses. Well, there you go. You did do that. I hate, Tough number one holes. Mm-hmm. Fantasy foursome, living or deceased, you and three others that you would like to play a round of golf with. Fantasy foursome. I've never even really thought about this. I'd, I'd play with Madison Wright, who's a member of my club. I'd play with Peyton Wilhoyt, and I'd probably bring around a big bridge, Jason Bridges. He's my neighbor, so okay. just for the fun. He's a, he's a pretty good golfer now. He's came into it late in life, but uh, he's a lot of fun to be around. That's awesome. Bruce, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, maybe the uh, the pros can get the AMs in October. I sure hope so. We're going to try. 
This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. The economy is changing slowly but surely. The market is slowing down in a gradual slide. Not an emergency yet, the sky is not falling, but a change is coming. When times are good, auctions make buyers compete to buy at the highest market value. When the economy gets tough, auctions force buyers to make a purchase decision. Either way, auctions get the highest return for a seller and a strong deal for a buyer. With an experienced auction company, it's a simple process. Go to BlackmanAuctions.com for more information. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. That's all the time we have for this edition of From the Short Grass. I want to thank Bruce Baxley for coming on. And I also want to tell you about Blackman Auctions. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Go find them on the web, blackmanauctions.com. Look at their full lineup of upcoming auctions and find one that you might see interesting and want to attend, blackmanauctions.com. Remember, when you find a ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more. And I hope to see you soon from the short grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.